This is gonna hurt. It's time, it's time for the Suffering, for the suffering Podcast. podcast. We stand at the start line with a new idea, full of motivation and ready to complete our vision of the project at hand. The trepidation, the excitement are all part of the journey as you prepare to climb the mountain. The new car smell will eventually wear off and reality sinks in. The hard work will become evident as you realize nothing is easy. You come to a crossroads of whether to stick it out or just give up. It is rare to have the fortitude to fill in the gaps between the start and the finish line. To have the resilience to see your project until the end, there will be failures along the way, which makes your victories that much sweeter. I'm Kevin Donaldson, here with Mike Felice, and welcome to The Suffering Podcast. If you're a fan of overcoming adversity and overcoming suffering, then we're for you. Because that's what we do here, and that's the stories we highlight. So do me a favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, Please comment, ring the bell to get notified of all of our new content. Now you can join. Follow us on social media so you can find out what we're up to. On Kevin, t- you know, I was going to say, you hear Mike Felice. Where is he? I don't see him in a, in a uh, camera angle over there. He's gone. We, we switched it around. It's season four, so it's a little bit different. A little bit different. Our, our guest is under the table today. <laughs> you know, this is our first <clears throat> you and I recording. And, uh, you know, we, we come in this studio every week and we try to make a, a very good production and a good show, a professional show, but that comes with a lot of practice and a lot of mistakes. And that's kind of what I want to talk about the, the suffering of the suffering podcast. You know, and, and I think that is a perfect subject because we do go through a lot of suffering here. Believe it or not, I mean, this show, it, it, we try to make it look easy, but it's it's anything but easy. Before we get into anything, let's give a big shout out to our marquee sponsor. That's Toyota of Hackensack. We don't trust anybody as cops, but we do trust them. So if you're looking for a car, go to toyotahackensack.com. You see, I didn't screw that up like the live event. I know. Yep. <laughs> but see, we're not cops anymore. Yeah, I know. We don't screw that. As podcasters, we, we don't trust too many people. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to change that one. So this week's social media question comes from Sim underscore Teller 456. What is the value of people close to you? People close to me, I would say like family, friends. Um, Which is a small group. Yeah, it's a small group. Generally, they, they say you could count your friends on one hand. If you're lucky. If you're lucky, yeah. Uh, you know what it is? I'm the type of person I was, you know, you know my father, you know the way me and my brother were raised. You'd do anything for, for a friend. Um. And when I do something, people say, you know, thank you. I was told you never have to thank a friend. To me, they're, they're an extension. Friends are more like family to me. You know, I mean, the value, just even someone like you, as much as I don't like you at times. It happens. <laughs> You're not the first to say that. <laughs> no, but the value of our friendship. I know you're a phone call away. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know if I, if God forbid I left here and broke down. You'd probably be the first person I call because you'd be right there. I'd turn around and come catch yep, you. Absolutely. Even though I freaking hate going to your neck of the woods. Yeah. But it's it. So I'm in a different situation, you know. And, and there's I look upon your family, your father, your brother, and uh, it. At times, I get a little jealous um, because you guys are close. You guys can lean on each other. Your father, you know, he he um, he, he comes to every event we have. He he probably our biggest fan. He really is. When's the last time you seen one of my family members at an event? Right? Yeah. So, so because of that, my people in my circle, my family, my, uh, you know, obviously outside of my wife and my children and stuff like this, that's obvious. But my people in my circle, they are my family. And it's, that circle is very small. 
You know, it's it's you and like two other people. See, when it's circle small, that's less Christmas presents to buy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the positive part of it. Um, but I was thinking about that today. So those people I have, I need them. And and we'll get into little tips. You and I will get into little tips. My other the other people I'm close to, we'll get into little tips. And it just happened. So um and I listen, he's 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 like a brother to us. So Mike De Palma, he was going through something and and he got a little testy with something. I, I, I was joking around and I guess I might have pushed it too far. I don't know. I, I can't even remember what the hell it was. And I sat back and I go, and I didn't know where it was coming from. I really didn't know what, but I hit a button on him. And I just said, listen, man, if I, I the old Kevin was it? fuck you, yeah. fuck you. Now you go, you know, go, go pound salt. The, the, the way I'm trying to be, I said, um, I sat back and it was all through text and I go, you know what? what? I don't know. Maybe I guess I said something wrong. So I said, listen, man, if I went too far, I was joking around. I'm sorry. And the next day he didn't text me anymore after that. The next day he texts me. He's like, look, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm having a tough time. I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't take it out on you. Done. Over. And I've talked to him since then. And you know, it's just, it's, it's gone. It's done. See that, that that's one thing too. I could say something to you today and we'd laugh about it. If I said the same thing to you tomorrow, you may get pissed. It all depends on the mood you're in at that point. And sometimes sometimes you don't, you're having a bad day. You don't feel like having that ball busting. Right. Well, I don't, I, you know, I don't have a window into what's happening exactly. in your life. I don't have cameras on you. Well, maybe I do. <laughs> uh, I don't have a camera on you 24 hours a day. You could have just gotten some really shitty news and I come in and just break your balls and you're like, dude, what the fuck? You come in hot. Yeah. And, and, and then, but the worst part is you step back afterwards and you're like, Oh, where the fuck did I just do that? <laughs> I've yeah, done exactly. it plenty of times. I'm like, oh man, it was fucking stupid. No, it's like I said, it's like a joke that doesn't go over. Yeah. You know, it all depends on what type of mood that person's in when you tell that joke. Uh, you know, now I, I sort of consider the source. Um, if I'm in one of the, and I do get in those moods frequently. Um, when I'm in one of those moods, I, I don't engage. Yeah. Cause I, it, it, it's better for me not to engage because, um, Hopefully that person on the other end will, it'll die down and just know, okay, it didn't land. It, it, it is what it is. But see, that, that's the thing about me and you. We know kind of when each other in, in, in those moods. Right. If we don't talk for a couple of days, then I know either something's up with you or you know something's up with me and we won't call up and start off with a, hey, jerk off, you know, how you doing? <laughs> Did you see that post on Instagram? <laughs> that's usually how, it, but there's, there's a huge, enormous value because I don't have, they, I have my, my family, you know, my, my immediate family, but I don't have anybody outside of them aside from my friends. I don't have, and, and listen, let's be quite honest. There are things that you can't tell your children. There are things you can't tell your significant other. Um, and you know, it's, it's not like you're trying to hide stuff. It's just, you don't want to lay it on them yeah, exactly. or it's, it, you, there's, there's a comfort level. Maybe they don't understand or something like that. So you need those people really close to you, but the people who have that really wide group or you perceive as having that wide group, man, somebody in there is going to be a weak link and exactly. it's a bad yeah. move. Yeah. It's a bit. You can only, the people you trust, I mean, put a hundred percent trust in. If you have a big group like that, you do something wrong. One person that's not in your real small group is going to wind up. Yeah. Leaking somewhere. Yeah, it happens. But, it happens. But the one thing is, and, and I know about, I know a lot about your upbringing and 
what what you didn't have in up your upbringing, you're given to your kids tenfold. And I think that's, I'm not saying that's why you do it, but that I think that's one of the reasons you do it. Cause I mean, you are a fantastic father. You're, you're involved in your, everything your kids do. So I, I took a lesson from, uh, Stacy Ellis and Benny Love. Okay. They, they, they are big proponents of breaking those generational curses. So I take that. I took those to heart. Like when they were saying yeah. that, I go, you know, I just sat back and sort of listened to it. And that's kind of where I'm trying to go to. I'm trying to break that generational curse. Um, you know, am I successful all the time? Absolutely not. You know, there are times, but I can say this, I've never laid a hand on my kids ever. Yep. And I never will because there's no value into it. It didn't work with me. It actually had the opposite effect exactly. of me. Um, because listen, if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to get blamed for doing something, I'm, I'm going to do, do it. it. I'm yes. going to do it. <laughs> Believe me, I know. So Sim Teller, four, five, six, thank you for sending that question in. Keep sending your questions in and we will try to get them on the air. So Kev, you know, we start off with the same question pretty, pretty much every week and it's got to be the toughest question to answer. Tell me a little about yourself. <laughs> I think our audience is really tired of hearing about ourselves. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Tell me a little about your neighbor. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, some people in our audience now are going to be able to write a book about us without they, us they being They know more, a, more about us than we know about ourselves, probably. I'm pretty sure they know more about me than my kids know about me. You got that right. So we've been doing this now for three years. We're now in season four. Um, <laughs> you come in on episode nine. And, you know, I... I Today, the recording date, the picture, the picture, there's episode nine right there. The recording date that we're recording this right now is actually our official third year anniversary. anniversary. We've been doing this for three years solid today. And um, I go back and I said, you know, on this day, episode one, 2020 was aired. And I just think about all the stuff that has changed in our lives as, as far as what we do here. And how we do it. We were just talking before about the, the remnants of the old the studio. Rem- <laughs> we call it like the Roman Coliseum. It's ancient ruins now. <laughs> I was down there doing some stuff and there's still some remnants up. And to some extent, they'll never go away. But uh, it's it's a little sad. We should get pictures and just you know interject them in this episode. Like the old studio. Yeah. I, I mean, love that old studio. Yeah, it was comfortable. It was. It was comfortable. It was, it was, there was no stress, no lights and cameras on us. We could stop when we want. We didn't have to care about what we looked like. Yeah. Not that we care anyway, but. We had know. to care for one picture afterwards yeah. for the thumbnail. That was it. Yeah. And look at us. We were both wearing hats in the pictures. Mine's tilted a little bit. Yours, <laughs> yours is up above your head. <laughs> I was so much younger. Look, no wrinkles. Yeah. <laughs> no wrinkles there. But so you, you. You come on episode nine and, you know, obviously everybody knows this story. We've told it so many times where we just meshed, we gelled and, uh, and Mike, come on. I'd like you to, to be the co-host on this. What was your expectations? I don't think I've ever asked you that one. No, you know, I didn't know. I just, I just thought it was so comfortable that day and we had so much fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we just, like I said, it was, I mean, we talked about some deep, dark stuff, you know, we talked about my incident and everything and. And we went in depth and in detail. And back then, I wasn't really talking about it that much. You know, and that, that might have been one of the first times that I really came out and talked about it and actually felt comfortable. Um, Letting it out to the world. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I talked to the police academy classes, but that's a select group. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a select group of people. And, and you, 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 uh, you bite the bullet in hopes of helping the next generation. Oh, absolutely. So you kind of power through that one. This one is strictly for you. Yeah, but now when you look at the numbers back then, and we had like, 
these these episodes are being heard in different countries. Mm-hmm. And you start to think like different countries are here. You know, <laughs> Some guy in Russia is going, that motherfucking <laughs> Mike Felice. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I was excited. Yeah, you know, I, I told you right away. I said, I think I actually asked you how much I have to pay to get into it. You did. Yeah. You did. I said, sure. What's it going to cost me? I said, it's all taken care of. There's no sense in, in, in yeah. re-ringing that mm-hmm. bell. That, that's how excited I was because I was ready to pay to just come on and, you know, and be a co- yeah, I know. Should have charged you. I know. <laughs> but you, As a matter know, of fact, after after all, it wound up costing you because we used to get breakfast all the time. You always jumped up and paid. Yeah, you know, I was I was grateful. <laughs> I was grateful. But, it, you know, the production cost was low. It was the production cost is nothing to compare to what it is now. But if you even think about that, we used to meet at the house. We'd go over to the bagel place. We'd yeah. cook a coffee and bagel. That was our pre-production meeting. Yeah. We just had to be at the studio by 12. <laughs> and that that was that was like our timeline. Yeah. And if half the time the guest was late and, but you know, my, I don't, I think back and I don't even know what my expectations for the show. That that was, was going to be my, my next expect, my, my next question. Hard, easy for you to yeah. say. When you started it, what were your expectations? <sighs> Somebody recently asked me this and I came to a little bit of an epiphany. This show allowed me to be heard. Okay, it it allowed me no matter how many people were listening, no matter no matter who was tuning in, I whatever I was saying was being heard and I knew it was being heard. And I think that's part of the reason my expectations like, well, you know what I got? I'm opinionated. I got some things to say. Maybe it'll resonate with somebody. And, you know, listen, we I floundered through the first eight episodes. I really did. I had no idea what I was doing. You lost a a co-host at one point. So you're on your own. So the first episode I did, I had microphones and the the studio, as you saw it and came in in episode nine, I had microphones set up. I never plugged in the board. (laughs) So I, we record this, the first episode and I'm like, why does that sound shitty? Like, I I don't understand this. This does, I can hear it in my, my earphones sounding really good. And it sounds like shit when it records. Mm -hmm. I, I never got it. That happened to us once before. Yeah. In Florida. Yeah. <laughs> it's another part of the suffering podcast. Oh God, the Florida. <clears throat> let's get into let's talk about the Florida trip because the Florida trip sort of jumped off. That yeah. was that was our next level stuff because we we had been doing the show together for a year. But that almost like came off on a whim. Yeah. Right? It, was, it was a phone call. It was um Was it John that it called was us? John, was- it was John. John Elite. He called us and said, hey, you know, if you ever make your way down to Florida, you know, come on and do the show. He was doing the show with MSCS Media. And then I got in touch with Tommy from MSCS Media. And he's like, hey, you can come on my show. And um, and then I and And Matt, I don't know. Got in touch with us. I don't know how that happened. How Matt. How I got in contact. I still to this day don't remember how I got in contact with Matt. And we did. Lynn and Will. Lynn and Will. And, and <laughs> so through Matt, we got into that uh, DOC TV. Before we get into that, though, <laughs> when when you first came on and you told people, hey, I'm doing the podcast, they had already hear, heard your your episode or most of the people, I'm assuming, heard your episode. Like, what did they, what was their, what were their reactions? My father told me I had to get an attorney. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, you got to get an attorney now, Dad. It's not like that. Yes, it is. I'm telling you, I'm, I've been in business. Dad, don't need an attorney. Yeah, I don't think it's we need It's just going to be me and Kevin talking. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk to people. 
Then he he wound up coming after he heard a couple episodes of the podcast. Then he really came around. And he said, "Yo, you're right. You don't need <laughs> you don't need an attorney for this one. <laughs> you guys are doing all right." <laughs> you know, but I mean, three years ago, nobody really. I didn't even know what a podcast was. Nobody yeah. nobody knew what I was really getting into. You know, oh yeah, I'm going to be a co-host on a podcast. We're like, oh good. I started I started doing this like deep dive into podcasting. You know, it always starts with Joe Rogan. You know, you you see a guest on there that you're interested in. And then I just started listening to other things and how they were formatted and how they the, the discussion was, both video and audio. You know, there was there was and I used to do a lot of audio books back then. And I would listen to that and it just dawned on me. I'm like, wow, it just really seems interesting. I think I want to I think I want to give it a shot. You probably said it doesn't seem too hard. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> what I said. I just started I started researching everything and you want to talk there is so this is going back three years and there was, there was a ton of information out there. I had to learn how to publish. I had to learn what equipment to buy. I had to learn all this stuff from the, from scratch. I mean, I didn't even have an Instagram account. I was going to say, and promote. Yeah. So then you promote. And, and originally the way the show was promoted, I don't know if you remember, I used to put out three posts per day of the same yeah. thing until I realized that th- that was a big foul. Yeah. I think someone contacted you and told you, you got to spice it up a little bit. You can't put the same thing th- out three times. Three times, day. yeah. It's, and it, it looks like a spam account. And it, yeah, there was there was a whole bunch of stuff. But that, I didn't know because in my mind, I'm still thinking like uh, like NBC, ABC, yeah. where you know you just see it, the same commercial being blown out over the air constantly. Yeah. I, that's what I was figuring. No, I, hey, you learn. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's all about the suffering of the suffering podcast. You know, we what we did in the beginning, if we were still doing that. We'd still be in your basement. Get, would, getting 300 views. Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. No. I'd, I'd still be happy with doing it. It's just we we outgrew it. We should do that one day. Just go back. Go back. <laughs> have Andrew bring some cameras. <laughs> do it. Sit do, down and do the suffering. Yeah, but I got to give my kids their playroom back. Or I got to take it from them once again. Well, I could go see Mandy again. Anyway. Yeah. Mandy. Uh, yeah. Mandy just made a trip to the vet. Oh, boy. She got into Halloween candy. Oh, nice. Yeah, oh, but, you were me yeah, she got, <laughs> had to go get her stomach pumped. <laughs> but the the reaction. So w- when I recorded that first ac- episode, I was so nervous about throwing it out there because I didn't want to be judged. I was so worried about what people would think. Like, is this this kind of stupid? What does he think? He's a big ego guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, who who the hell is this guy to think he's he's got a voice? And so I was very very selective on who I sent it out to. But now the the other thing is. How did your wife and kids feel about it? Because you were bringing strangers into their house. <laughs> we brought some characters into your house. I think my wife overheard me <clears throat> once talking about it with, with my first co-host. And she goes, she turns it. You're starting a podcast? I was like, yeah. Yeah. Just um, Where are you going to record it? Downstairs. Right you know? next to your gym. <laughs> yeah. Right, ten, right next to your gym. And what I did was I went out to Harbor Freight and I bought a bunch of moving blankets. And there were my sound barriers. I hung them from this. I have a drop ceiling downstairs. I hung them from the ceiling with clamps and stuff. And after the recording, the studio was completely broken down. You couldn't even tell I was in there. Like everything was packed away. And I just, every, every sat we recorded on Sundays, every Saturday, I'd put them back up. And then when we started to gain a little traction, then I started putting some more permanent fixtures up and it took away half of the kids playroom. Correct. Correct. And, you know, they couldn't be down there. They had to be quiet when we were down there because Trish couldn't have clients down there. Yeah. I had to, I had to get like 12 o'clock on, on, when we, we'd Saturday, 12 o'clock on Saturdays. That's it. That's my time for three hours block. But then here was the worst part. And here's where the suffering comes in. We would record. 
I'd go into my garage with, with headphones on and I'd go through the episode and I'd just go through the episode and I'd take out everything and I'd put it up. It was, it was a little easier because you'd go, you'd go through it with like a toothpick though. You mm-hmm. picked out every, um, ah, uh, mm-hmm. you know, had a lot more control over audio. Yeah. You know, video is a little bit different. It's a little bit more, it's because you can't sync it. Right. And, and when you chop video up, it looks, it looks choppy unless you put a transition in there. But the education I got from doing that, like I, with your voice, so it was like looking at the matrix and anybody who, who edits podcasts or does their own little hobby thing, you'll know, you'll start to look at little, little waves. I could tell when you were going to say, um, when you were going to say the, like, I, I didn't even need to see, hear the words. I could see it on the sound wave. And, um, you know, at the end I, I, I got decent at it. <laughs> you made me actually sound good for a change. I, <laughs> It, it, it was, it was fun. I just, I was trying to put out, here's the bottom line. I was trying to put out a professional product with, you know, it, it was, it was a champagne studio on a beer budget. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what it was. But I mean, you, you were so meticulous in it and that was <clears throat> to better the show, you know, to get it out to there and to make it look professional. That's all I wanted to do is I wanted this thing to, to succeed and, um, you know, it looked professional, although we stopped recording quite a few times in between because yeah. who had to get up to go to the bathroom? <laughs> or whose wife started talking about inappropriate things? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Andrew. But we could cut that out. Yeah. But we, we, we still keep the same format to this day. Like, is hey, is there anything off limits? Yeah, is there exactly. any, you know, we don't, we're not here to, we, we made that decision real early. I think we made it together. You know, we, we didn't want to have a grab. We're not looking for a sound bite. We're not looking to exploit people. Mm. You know, we always said there's the only thing we won't really talk about is politics. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had, we've talked about race in here before. You know, we had uh, Slayer V and, and Tashian in here. Mm-hmm. We don't hold back. You know, it's, and like I said, we, we're not looking to exploit people. You know, we had uh, Scott Stevens on. Mm-hmm. We weren't looking to exploit little people. We just wanted to get out the suffering of a little person. Well, certain to things see with, what they're going through. Certain things with Scott that you don't even think about. It's like, why even have a second row of cabinets in your kitchen? Yeah, can't reach them. You know, unless you want to pull out a, a six foot ladder every time. But then you have people who ask him, "What's it like to be the first person to smell a fart?" Yeah, well, <laughs> that's part of the inappropriate questioning that comes in from time to. Or, or do you tape it back? Like, how do how do you hide it? Duct tape. Duct tape. Yeah. <laughs> now, when you got involved, was there anything that, that surprised you? Like, um, you know, when, when did it start getting real? I guess, you know, when, when, well, when I really started paying attention to the listens, you know, the, the first couple, you know, you look at it like your first couple episodes, but like with my episode, for some reason it caught feet. I and think remember, the first the episode, numbers. the first episode you were co-host with was like episode 11 or 12. I think it was because uh, thirteen for some reason you couldn't be there. Wall landscaping, I think it was. was yeah, might it was have been the first one that I was. I was, was in on. It was eleven or twelve? Because I actually I can still remember. Yeah. Uh, Ten was Will Fern. Eleven, I'm I'm drawing a blank on, and twelve, I'm drawing a blank on, and th- uh, thirteen was Jay Aponte. Yeah, Jay Aponte, I think I was in the hospital with pneumonia. You or you, or I was gonna go in the hospital. I couldn't breathe. It was. Uh, it, no, the one I couldn't breathe for was um, healing, uh, soul healing, soul, uh, the the yeah, the soul uh, sisters, yeah, the soul sisters, <laughs> with Helen, Nadia, and um, I can't remember. Yeah. I can't. Now, I, now I'm we're drawing, getting. I'm, yeah, we're getting old. We're getting old. Yeah, 
20, uh, 23rd hour angels. 23rd hour angels. That's yeah. what it was. That's when I was, I woke up and I couldn't, couldn't breathe. I wanted going to the hospital that day and had yeah, pneumonia. pneumonia. But when, what surprised you? Like when we got in there and we got into our thing. What surprised me is how open people were. You know, they're talking about their, their deepest and probably lowest points of their lives. To 25 listeners. Yeah. Yeah. But to two idiots just sitting across the table from them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they, they were bearing their souls to us. And that's when I kind of realized that we really did have something. Because they, they, we're talking to people who may have talked to them on the phone once or twice. Now they're sitting in your studio bearing their souls to us. But again, it goes back to that initial expectation of mine. They felt heard. You know, that's yeah. all we want in this world is to feel heard. You know, how many times... Husband and wives. I know, you know, me and my wife are very, very guilty of this, where we don't hear each other. Um, and I think that's what we did for people, especially back then, is we gave them a voice. We gave them the ability to be heard when maybe, you know, it's it's like you're you're in a crowd and you're yelling for help and nobody's listening. And and we weren't judgmental. Mm -mm. We've never been judgmental. Well, maybe one time. <laughs> We're, we've never been judgmental of anybody that's been in here. What their story is, is what their story is. Because we tell people all the time, you're going through that suffering. You're not the only one that went through it. Remember Someone when else? we got the clap back? <laughs> so, um, you know, we allow people just to to tell their story from their perspective. And we got an email once from somebody, this person's story is total bullshit. It's not real. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I, I send it to you. And then I call that person. I said, look, just so you know, this is what we got. We're not, it doesn't change anything. It's just, just know that this is out there. We don't vet people. No. We take them for what their, what, what's their word. And if they have a story to tell, they can, they can tell it. If it's true, it's true. If, it, like you said, it's not our job to vet people. About six months ago, I got another one, uh, another former guest who, it was an audio episode. And I got another one that's just, this is, this is bullshit. It's not real. It's real to her. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, we haven't had too many female guests on here, so you might be able to pick that one out. But it's it's real to her. Exactly. Her her pain is her pain. If that's the way she perceives her, and that's what we say, it's your perception of what happened. Mm. Something could happen right here. You'll have one perception of it. I'll have one perception of it. And Andrew will have one perception of it. It's their perception of what happened to them. What episode, can, or can you remember at least the guest when you're like, yeah, because I had that aha moment when you came in. Yeah, we got something. It's probably going to be the one that was my favorite episode of all time. And and I, if you ask me, which is my favorite episode, which was the most heartbreaking episode, which was the most heartwarming episode. This one. Yeah, this one. <laughs> Gene Halberger. Yeah. That to me, that to me was the start of, that was like my holy shit moment. You know, if someone could come in and talk to us about something like that, that happened to him. Who hasn't, who stayed away from the media. Yeah. But I think outside of like his immediate family and friends, we were the only people that he really talked to openly. Hmm. And for, for what it's done for him, I'm not saying what we did for him, for him to get it off his chest. And give us that message yeah. on the way home, the which way was, home. it was the most peaceful ride home to Lake George. I think yeah. he was going to. He said, I want to thank you. That was the most peaceful ride I've ever had on the way home. I still remember that phone call I got. I got it from your brother, Frank, <clears throat> who had done some stuff with the anti-bully anti squad with him. Fun. And I, I, you know, I spoke to, to Gene, it was like a three month process. Yeah. I spoke to Gene. I was like, you know, 
no pressure. I'm not pushing you. If you'd like to come down, we'd love to have you. It's a great story. And the other thing we say is listen to a couple of our, I mean, we tell everybody before they come in, listen to a couple of our episodes, see what we're all about. We talk deep shit, but we have a lot of fun doing it. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the, that's the other thing that I think we do is we make it a comfort zone here. You know, we tell people all the time within five minutes, you'll forget there's Mike in front of you. And then the hour's up and they go, so we're already? Yeah. (laughs) Because I think that, like I said, that's, we're just two regular guys. And that's the other thing. If we were sitting here in suits and ties and these people had to talk to us, they probably wouldn't, they wouldn't let their guard down as much as, as they generally do. I felt intimidated um, with Dr. Miggs. Dr. Miggs was dressed in the nines. (laughs) He was, he's dressed in the nines. And I go, I'm looking at what I'm wearing and, you know, I got old Navy pants and... (laughs) Half of the times I down in your basement, I used to take my sneakers off all oh, the time. Yeah. Khaki shorts, take my sneakers off. Sometimes I wore slides. I still wear slides in here during the summer. So I made that studio downstairs <clears throat> as it was camera ready. Like that yeah. studio really was camera ready, but I did that for a reason. So I, I, you know, and I spent a lot of money trying to set that up a certain way with the LED lights around because I wanted people to come down and think, okay, this is something. This is a this is not a fly by night thing. This is a real deal. This is some place that I can feel comfortable knowing that these guys aren't just a couple morons. But as we started moving along, you saw you saw the, our skill as podcasters. Listen, we're, I'm not saying we're we're there, but you saw our skill as podcasters start to grow and how we answered the question, how we worked with each other, and play yeah, played off of each other, right? And that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah without a doubt. I mean, because there's no there's no dead air. Yeah, you know when when you're like sometimes when people say stuff, you, 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 both of us will just try to take in what they said. And it's like a, you can't, it's like, holy shit. You, you know, and you, you can't, you gotta just pick up and keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like being in law enforcement. You go to that terrible call. You can't just say, oh, yeah, I'm gone. I gotta go. Yeah. I'm not good. You gotta move on to the next. You, you hear some deep, dark stuff. You just gotta keep rolling with it and keep going. Did it ever get overwhelming to you? Gene Alberger. Gene Alberger, yeah. We stopped. Yeah. How many times did we stop recording and, and all of us wiping tears out of our eyes and all that stuff? I mean, but there there are there are plenty of shows where Billy Bart, Gene's friend. There are plenty of shows where, like you said, and, and we talked about it before, the ride home. I don't know, and I said to you, I don't know how you you did it because we were in your house. You didn't have to go anywhere. And you replayed that whole episode that night. When we had one of those deep, dark episodes, the way I decompressed was the ride home. I'd be sitting in traffic. Traffic wouldn't even get me aggravated. Mm. I, I wanted the ride home to take longer because it just gave me more time to soak everything in and, and think about, like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> Plus, I had to make the guests take their shoes off. Yeah. <laughs> That's the great thing about having having this different studio is they don't have to take <laughs> that, our shoes off. Yeah, you know, that's funny. That's right. That's why I never had shoes on in the studio because I took them off. But in here, I've taken my shoes off quite a few times. Though. There was a no shoe policy in my house for everybody who who was wondering what that's all about. And my wife was just adamant. You can, you know, she she gave me free reign to a certain extent. You know, she said no shoes. And I, that, that's funny. That's why I was thinking. You know, I I just take my shoes off. I just. I forgot we had to take them off at the front door. I think the only person that wore shoes downstairs was John Elite. 
I'm like, I ain't fucking, right. ask, I ain't <laughs> fucking asking him to do that shit. Those shoes are probably more expensive than our whole house. Yeah, so we're good. <laughs> I'll, I'll vacuum. It'll be all right. I'll, I'll scrub the floor wherever he walked. Um, yeah, you just don't do it with somebody like that. And I, I felt bad about doing that. I mean, that that was another one. You know, um, the John Ali show we did in your basement was jaw-dropping. Mm-hmm. You know, and to see him, the life that he lived, to, to be so open and honest about it. That that was an eye opener to me. Do you think he was our first like? Uh, I guess Lee Rusan would Lee be Rusan. our first big get. Yeah. Um, but Lee Lee's in a little different arena. And and we said that because being a professional football player, you don't. Back then, we relied on self promotion. You know, we used to tell the guests all the time, and we still tell them now. The success of your episode depends on you. It's the people that you get out. We have our certain amount of followers. I mean, it's grown pretty big now, but back then we didn't have all of it. It was up to the guest to self-promote. Mm-hmm. Hey, I was on a podcast. It's coming out. Here's here's when it shows. Being a professional athletics, they didn't have to promote themselves. It was they a, had the promotion people. That was a, what you find out is the, those episodes are more for us because we want, we're curious the, than, than it is getting it out where you have somebody who really wants to get out a mission or a message, they're going to push it out. And that was the problem there. But and we, we also ran to my very good friend. I, mm-hmm. I, I break his chops about it all the time. Is Adam Burt? I was just going to bring that up. So you know, that was another, it was like, to me, that was like, Hey, we're getting a professional hockey player. One of the nicest guys you'd ever want to meet. Correct. One of the nicest guys you ever want to meet. I still get, like you said, the random text from him. You call, hey, mighty Mike, hope everything's good. I'm praying for you. Yeah. All the time. Well, that's how he sucked me in. <laughs> that's how he sucked. But there, you want to talk about a guy. So this show has changed my life in a lot of different ways. But that guy right there changed and transformed my life. He came into he came in at just the right time in my life and really opened me up to this whole new world to the point where it's it's completely transform my life because there's there's no chance meetings right yeah got that right uh you walk in i mean you can say that in everything you know you walk into into group at the right time you know and and it, it, just so everyone knows too when mike came in on episode nine prior to that i had i i foolishly separated myself from group i felt like i had to um for whatever reason that i just i Felt like I had to get away from group for a while, so I hadn't talking talked to no. anybody, and I think um, it was I called you or something because I, I was like, you know, Mike would be a good guest. I called you and we talked for forty five minutes. I can tell you right where I was in town because I was working, <laughs> and you had had some problems going on at that point. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> and we just picked it up. You know, yep. and and you you had done a podcast with Jose Jose, Jose Medina. Medina. Yeah, yep. I did that from my car on my cell phone, mm. <laughs> and you had to do it twice, right? Yeah, I had to do it twice. It's, yeah, because the first time I had it on speaker because I didn't feel like having a phone in my ear the whole time, and he said it didn't come out all that well, so I yeah had to go back and do it again. Well, that <laughs> that was my fix for. Uh, so remember, I told you I didn't hook up the microphones when we first started. <laughs> So uh, our publishing site for our audio has this thing called Magic Mastering, which sort of readjusts the levels. It's a it's an algorithm that it puts it through and it readjusts the levels, so it makes it sound a little bit more professional. 
I went and bought this extra extension onto it, thinking that it'll fix it. It really did. It fixed it a little bit, but yeah. it really didn't fix it. And one day, I think it was episode three, I plug it in. I go, oh, <laughs> you're such an asshole. <laughs> but that's the mistakes that I made. Like, you know, when somebody like Tom Smith comes and we just talked to him on, on our uh, live event, he came in. I am more than willing to to tell everybody yeah. this is how I did it. It's not the way. It's the way I did it. And these are the mistakes that I made. Yeah. And, and that's what's good about doing podcasts is, <clears throat> and we say this all the time, you don't have a time slot. You know, you're not competing against other podcasts. You know, on the radio, they have their, you know, the morning drive, afternoon drive. You're competing against us. We don't compete. And, and Tom with, with the Gold Shield Show was so overjoyed that you were willing to help him out with anything. I, I think that's something that we should do. I think we're beholden yeah. to do that because like you said earlier, okay, when you help a friend out, somebody who's close to you, you don't want to thank you. I, and I told Tom flat out, I said, I don't think you owe me yeah. anything. Don't think you pay me back with anything. Don't even say thank you. But I will tell you this, here's your obligation. When that person further down the line comes up to you and says, Hey, listen, um, do you mind if I picked your brain about the gold shield show? That's when you you step up, and that's that's your debit. That's what you owe. Yeah. You know, we we had someone that we were going to get female <laughs> female police officer. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I, I, I wound up getting her number. I'm not going to mention the name, but I got her number, and I said, "Hey, listen, you know, we introduced myself. We do a podcast. I said, you know, I'd love for you to come on because she went through some some real traumatic. She was in a shooting. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> So she said, oh, yeah, let me think about it, and I'll give you a call back. She called me back a couple of days later. She said, nah, we do a podcast, too, so I don't want to do that. Yeah. It would have been cross-promotion. You know, it's not like your podcast is airing at 8 o'clock every night. Now it's airing at 8 o'clock. You know, you can listen uh, to a podcast whenever you want. A high tide raises <clears throat> all boats. Yeah. No kidding. A high tide. You know, that's one of the reasons I go out as a guest on a show. I go out as a guest as much as I can because I always get the opportunity to mention the suffering podcast. Always. Okay. And what's good for good for the show is good for us. Yeah. And it's good absolutely. for our listeners. That's all that is. So if my advice, you know, and I tell Tom that too. And Tom has taken the reins on that one. Tom t goes out on other shows and he he talks about it and he he always because it's an opportunity. Then all of a sudden you you, you share audiences. So we went on Gold Shield Show. And what was the value of us going on Gold Shield Show? Number one, it's very similar. They're friends of ours, yep. so I think we should do it anyway. But some of their listeners will come over to us, and some of our listeners will go over to them. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And then, because it, it, they're similar shows. Right. You know, it's similar theory between each show. Two guys just sitting behind a microphone talking. Two former cops sitting behind a microphone talking. So going, thinking back three years, um, what are your mistakes? Besides almost getting knocked out. Almost getting knocked out by two people. One a professional boxer. Would how about farting on Instagram live? Would that would that, <laughs> that was funny as hell. That's funny as hell. So you, you look back at your mistakes and you try to correct your mistakes early on. I mean, like I said, there there's just some inappropriate questions that you know, but they're not inappropriate questions. They're questions that kind of be needed to ask, but there are a couple times I think I asked them at the wrong time. Did you, did it take you time to find your lane? Oh yeah. Without that. Yeah. Well, you know, I knew coming in and I tell you all the time, you're the interviewer. You know, you're, you're a great interviewer. You're, you're, you're very good at it. You got the radio voice, you got everything. And I know when my time to step in is with, with 
the wall landscaping one. I was just sitting there like, <laughs> thank God we didn't have cameras. I'm like, what do I say? What do I do with my hands? Yeah, what, what do I do with my hands? What do I do with my hands? Yeah. But the, you, you learn as you go along. Yeah. You know, everything's a learning process. But uh, I, but I want to ask you, you asked me what was my like toughest show, my toughest moment. What was yours? The one that kept me up at night was Clark Fredericks. I've said this before, but that, that actually, I didn't sleep that night hearing that. And I knew the story going in. I knew, I read enough about it. Clark had told me a little bit, but hearing it out of his mouth, that was, I remember laying in bed and just staring up at the ceiling, thinking that stuff over and over. Cause there's a lot of backstory to that, that, that I don't really want to get into, but there's, a, there's more to his story yeah. as it relates to me. And that was one where I just, I was like, holy, this is, this is real. Gene was tough. Like yeah. Gene was tough, but it didn't keep me up at night because there was, it was a bad story that I was hearing and I didn't feel it. With Clark's story, I felt it. Yeah. And yeah. that, that sucked. Personal connection. Yeah. yeah. It really was difficult for me to listen to it. But, but, uh, that being said, it has opened new doors for me in the way that I deal with my own past. Yep. Um, his strength, you know, sort of rubbed off on me a little bit, a little bit. Um, but <laughs> you know, even our guests have gotten a little bit better at doing this. I, th- I was, I was, I was listening to episode 13, Mike DePalma. <laughs> first time he came in mike said um and ah about five million times and we just had him in here for episode 158 suffering of fun and he's but see mike didn't really know you all that well yeah you know and i don't think he was that comfortable i I still don't think he's comfortable (laughs) he'll stay here all night we could do a five-hour episode with him put a mic in front of him now I think he kind of did it as a favor to me mm-hmm. because, you know, we went to the Academy together and everything. And then he just became part of the show. You know, like you said, he was um and on and, and, and another one, he talked some deep, dark stuff. You know, he, I mean, he really like did. I said, I, I knew that he'd been a military veteran. I know he saw action and all that. We never talked about it in the police Academy. You know, he was just, and that was. He's become such a good friend to the show. He was so texting us today with clips of the show. Yeah, I know. So Mike De Palma, when he, Mike is an incredibly smart and bright, guy. unbelievable. When he comes in this show, he becomes there. There's a great story about when they were doing uh, Vegas Vacation, and Randy Quaid did not want to do Vegas Vacation. Yeah, and he's like, I don't want to play that idiot anymore. I don't want to do it. And I'm not saying Mike's an idiot, but all of a sudden they showed Randy Quaid the paycheck of what he would get. And he just sort of tilted his head and became cousin Eddie. And Mike has sacrificed himself. His, he comes in here and he turns it on. Like he does. He it's, he is, he's an incredibly caring person with the most gigantic heart you'll ever see in your life. And, um, but you know, you really do see part of the real Mike DePalma and the suffering of fun. And, And he's, he's a security manager. You know, like I said, he's, he's not a dope. You know, no. he, but he comes in here and he plays, he plays the cousin Eddie when he comes in. He's like Foster Brooks. Foster Brooks never drank, <laughs> never but drank. always played a drink, a drunk. Always. <clears throat> All right. One, one show that gave you anxiety on the build, on, on the, on the week coming up. Mike Dowd? 
Yeah. That's... I think Mike down. And the reason it gave me anxiety is not because of his story. Is I thought he was going to cancel out. I would have bet green money. And I usually get a pretty good feeling. You do too. When, when a guest is not a hundred percent there. Like when they don't realize it's Easter weekend, their family's going to be away. Yeah. No, uh, Memorial day. Mo- wait, wait. It was Memorial day. <laughs> Thank God we were doing a double that day. And, um, but that's the one that gave me anxiety, not because of speaking to him. You know, he's, he's obviously of the seven, five fame on Netflix, but it was, I didn't think he was going to show yeah, up. And sure enough, he comes up in his busted ass Corolla. <laughs> Without even knowing him, we busted his ass. So, oh, doing pretty good. You pull up in this nice limo. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get me. You're going to get me. Um, he was a little gun shy at that point. But, you know, he, I, I, Mike's a friend. Yeah, we got, absolutely. We got this. Uh, weird base weird, of friends. It's crazy. Like, people ask me, like, how the hell you know this person? Well, it all starts with somebody who was born a man and is now a woman. Yeah. You know, it, it's like this weird roundabout thing. Here's where the most difficult question for you. Let's say tomorrow the show ends. What are you going to do? Find someone else that will take me on as a partner. Because, I mean, I, I just look so forward to this. You know, I really do. And, and, and it's not only for us. You know, and like I said, you know, we say it all the time. You know, you're, you're my best friend. And it, it, this to me is best friends getting together and talking to other people, you know, and, and hearing their stories. And it just, it warms my heart that we're actually helping people by doing something that we love. So it, it would be tough if, if we decided to turn out the lights tonight, it would be, it would be hard to get, get used to. I think it would be as difficult for me, probably a little bit, if, especially if it's an abrupt thing. Yeah. Uh, it would be di- as difficult to me as leaving the police department. Yeah. I've invested so much of my life into this show at the detriment of my own family. Um, you know, I've missed, I've missed kids games. I've missed special events with my wife. I've missed, um, you know, things with friends to do this show because it's important to me. It's really important to me. And I'm not wishing this, I'm not putting it out in the ether. Um, but the creative outlet in order to do in doing this show and putting together something that's valuable to certain people, God, what it, what it fills me up with is it's, it's healing certain people. It's reaching certain people. If that were to end tomorrow, I would be absolutely fucking devastated. Yeah, without a doubt. Because, like, I mean, we say this gives us purpose now. <clears throat> Our law enforcement careers gave us purpose. Once that was over, I'm not saying we didn't have a purpose, but we, we, were didn't, have a purpose. we didn't have a purpose in, in helping people anymore. Now we have that purpose. And if they take that from us again. Fast forward six and seven years from our police careers, yeah. and, and we're sitting in, in front of microphones. And um, but the, the the person you have to thank for all of this, Doctor Stefanelli. Doctor Steph. Yeah. If it wasn't for Doctor Steph, there would probably be no suffering podcast. Probably, probably. He just he gave us the format. That's group therapy. Yeah. He gave us the format. Like we say all the time, this is an extension of group therapy. You never want a group therapy to end. No. You know, you never, you never want it to end. Unless we're going out to the bar after it. Yeah. 
It was bad days. <laughs> Those are just bad, bad, bad days. No, but it, and like I said, it's it's because of guys like him. I mean, he's got a purpose. His mm-hmm. purpose is to help people and let them air out their feelings and and you know their their thoughts and whether they be good thoughts or bad thoughts and, and, and their truth. Yeah, their truth. And we we felt comfortable in front of those people. And like I said, I think the way you got people who you're talking to, you've never met, <laughs> it's the comfort level is a little different. Oh yeah. 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 But the, the, the way those group meetings were run, it was just so comfortable. And like I said, that's what I think. That's why I think this is getting so big is because we make people feel comfortable. Well, where do you think it's going in the future? I hope it just keeps going up. You know, like you said, what's it? Mission, message, and money. message, and money. Take take the money out. <laughs> We've been fortunate. Okay, so we're more fortunate than than most in the podcasting world, because thankfully, through some gracious sponsors, Toyota of Hackensack, and some other sponsors along the way, Caffeine Water, um, Hackensack Brewing Company, yeah. we have not had to take money out of our own pocket yep. to do this. Um, we're So we're very ultra fortunate that we're able to have these people in our corner. But we're not putting money in our pocket either. No, we're not. So, and, and I don't and, think we ever <clears throat> will. Uh, listen, if it comes, it comes. You yeah. know, we're not doing this for the money. You know, in, in the future, what, if I had a if I had a wish list, we just did Christmas Christmas wishes on Instagram Live. My wish is that obviously we've spoken to Andrew about this one room just for us, yep. and this is what we do. Like this is what we do full time. Is that ever going to happen? Is it? I I have to see it and I have to work towards that. We we did have a plan in the beginning, though. If you think <laughs> with Aruba, yeah, <laughs> we were going to try to get so big. We were going to have our studio in Aruba and we're going to live there. It was all remote. (laughs) And with audio, you could do that because, you know, you could do it now. It's, uh, but, but we choose not to do the zoom podcasts. Uh, I know a lot of people out there and I'm not knocking the the zoom podcast because a lot of my friends do it. It's just not for us. Yeah. I, I, I think that's something, if there's one thing throughout this whole process that you and I have been on the same page with from day one, no zoom. No, no. Well, we did well the Gold Shield show, not our show. Our show, zoom. no. We did the one in Florida Zoom, and that was a nightmare. That was a nightmare. It yeah. kept cutting in. Good and people, out. great people. You know, it was it was a great podcast too, but it was just a nightmare. And it's hard to judge. Yeah. Like when I see you take a breath in, I know you're about to talk. And and like you said, we got to read the guests. We got to read body language. You know, and if they're if they're slowly if they're talking about their 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 darkest thing, and you see them just like hunching over, that's when I'll try to throw some levity in there. You know, just to perk them up a little bit and everything else. You got to be able to read them. Yeah. And you don't, and you, when you're going <clears throat> down like that, you don't want to say, so when they grabbed you by the throat. Yeah, exactly. You know, what, what, how'd that feel? It was like almost taking your last breath. Yeah. You know? that, that, that's a tough thing. So we chose not to do Zoom. <laughs> and to the detriment of our show, that we could have got some people. We, we could have got a lot of people. We could have gotten, or that, that just opens up your guest list. Cause right now we have to find people who are either willing to travel or in the New York, New Jersey yeah. metropolitan area. And we've done it where people were traveling here, so we had to set it up that week. Mm-hmm. You know, with uh, Amanda Coleman. Right. You know, she's, we could have easily did a remote with her or a, a Zoom with her from Ireland. Well, think about think about the domino effect of, of our guests getting us other guests. Yeah. Stewie, Mike De Palma, Amanda Coleman. And each person has, hey, listen. I got a guy for you. You got to give this guy a call. 
Stewie got us J.C. Capone. Yep. I mean, how the hell would we ever know a J.C. Capone, you know, from Long Island? Mm. You know, and. Well, by the way, and, I'm going to speak. Uh, remind me to tell you something <clears throat> about J.C. Capone, because it's actually kind of funny. Just just through we brought up the Palma before. Think of all the people the Palma got us just through that Hoboken connection. I mean, it, it, it's Benny Love, Butchie Sanchez. Yep. Still we. Yeah. So it all, a lot of it start. I think Mike De Palma Hoboken has. Hoboken Mike. Yeah. I think Mike De Palma is probably the springboard for so many of our guests because then it's spider webbed out. So JC Capone, um, this is a little something for everybody. He's producing a movie and he calls me up and, uh, you know, he's, he's fucked up too. He's just, his sense of humor is so fucked up. He's, uh, Hey, I'm putting together this movie and there's a spot in it for you and Mike. I go, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, you know, we're going to do like this mock podcast and you guys are going to be the host. And I said, I might have to do some research on that one. <laughs> I don't know whether, I, I don't know whether I fit that part. You know? <laughs> so coming soon, hopefully. To a theater near you. To, to a theater near you. To a Netflix special by you. Mike and Kevin doing some fucking movie. Which, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Do we have to put makeup on? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Right, I, I just want <clears throat> a gauge. If I'm not mistaken, we did four live, well, not live, but four remote shows. Sounds right. All right. Hackensack Brewing Company was one. Mm-hmm. Live Free Farm. I forgot about Live Free Farm. Then we did Grand Saloon and Mickey's. Think of the production from the beginning of that to the end. Oh. That, that's a gauge to show you how far the show's come. So that Hackensack, <clears throat> that was our first live event. Freaking nightmare. Number one, all of our equipment to continue our podcast is sitting out there in the elements. Yep. And if you remember, Hackensack Brewing was hot as hell, and then it started raining. Started pouring. We had one of those summer high heat. Thunder, you know, a humid thunderstorm rolling. And the, the wind. Holding down the tents. We're holding down the tent, trying to keep our stuff, <clears throat> like throwing stuff into the into the bins. I had those uh, cases, those hard cases. Yeah. Throwing stuff in there so it doesn't get ruined. My computer's laying out there. God, what a nightmare. We, we didn't have, we didn't have a, a speaker so the crowd could hear us. Because yep. there's there a whole crowd just sitting there looking at us and can't hear anything. Learn, lesson learned. But, Live Free Farm is the same way, though. We well, were, were on the trailer. Well, <clears throat> oh, no, we did. You, you're missing one. Blue, blue, uh, oh, yeah. blue Magazine. Blue Magazine, yep. So Absolutely. Live Free Farm, we actually had a speaker out. It was a little small speaker. At least they could hear. They could yeah. gather around a speaker and hear. And that was a nice little event. But for Blue Magazine one, when we did Sheriff Clark, that one, yeah, that was another one. It was hot as hell. We're sitting out there in yeah. the sun just baking and trying to put on this yeah. this show. Yeah, Blue Magazine was on the trailer. Live, Blue, live Free Farm, we were under the tent. We were under the tent. But then Andrew comes in, and now things started getting a little bit easier because we had somebody working behind yeah. the camera. And, you know, the other ones were just audio. And uh, Grand Saloon, uh, Grand Saloon had its challenges, Yeah, but it was so much. E the, the pressure was off. We used to carry, like, my car would be packed <laughs> with equipment. We looked like, a ro like we needed a roadie. Yeah, no kidding. Um, to to take all the stuff out that we had, it's that that was that was rough. But then the last one we just did at Mickey's, that was that was beautiful. It was great. That was that was, was the easiest sailing. one we again, ever did. Again, thank you, thanks to Andrew. We you know made a lot of that easier for us. But I mean, we we've we've come a long way. Yeah. So, what obligation do you feel towards the show now? We're hundred. This is a hundred and sixty four. <laughs> 
you we we've we've grown. We got almost thirteen thousand listeners. We got two million views on YouTube. We have over five hundred thousand listens on audio. What 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 kind of obligation do you feel? I I think the obligation is to bring your A game every week. Yeah, you know, and and there's some days we're down. You know, I mean, we'll we'll we don't all have good days. You know, there, there are days we come up here after we've had a terrible day. But we'll talk about it. You know, Kev, you know, such and such happened today. And I'm really not feeling it. And you'll be able to pick me up. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's. Or I know when to pick you up yeah. on camera. <clears throat> when I know in the back of my head, you know, that's the transparency that we have. When I know you're, you're having a rough day, I know that, okay, you're going to be a little bit more reserved on this show. Yeah. But see, somebody, somebody like me who's fucking neurotic, <laughs> I cut my hair every week. You know, I make sure that I bring a change of clothes and I like, I'm just neurotic. Cause again, I feel obligated towards the, towards the people that listen to yeah, us exactly to bring that a game. Yep. Without doubt. I mean, cause a lot of people look forward to this. Yeah. You know, we were talking, we, you see them all come up on Instagram live. We have a lot of like hardened, hardened fans that comment on every episode that's up on YouTube. And Everyone. And it's that wide net that we yep. cast just hoping to get that one. And these are some people that we have talked to individually that don't live around here, mm-hmm. but they latched onto the show somehow. We've talked to them on a personal note. We get this, these nice gifts, by, these nice gifts. Um, you know, things like that. And they mean, means the world to me because, you know, every, when we get skewed from our mission, those things just bring us right back. Yeah. That text message or that message we got over social media about our show helped him, helped him out through tough times. He's coming in here too, which is awesome. He was staring at the draw. He was staring at the draw. Yeah, that, that was deep. That you know, and and that's what that's what we owe this to. Hmm. We don't owe it to each other. I mean, we owe it to each other to show up and and hopefully bring our A game and do our best. But it's really for everybody that's listening because this show is, it, like you said, from that text we got the other day, the show's helping people. My obligation does go <clears throat> to you a lot. All right, I I feel obligated to make sure everything is in place so you and I can do our thing. Like to, to not even worry about the administrative stuff on the back end. To So we can come in here and concentrate on the show. Lights and cameras on, we're ready to go. And we have everything we need. We don't have to worry about anything. That's my obligation. And my obligation is to you to keep this thing going and going and going and going. Well, listen, you're doing a good job of it. I tell you all the time, you're, you're, the, you're the, main, the main part of this. I'm just a little... Cog, yeah, but that, you know that, that keeps the engine running a little bit. I've done some shows without you, and it's just it's not fun. Yeah. It's it's not bad. It's it's just not what I really want to do. That's the truth. So we're 164 episodes in. Let's say somebody's starting out, just like we were starting out. What what is the piece of advice you give them? Like I said, we say it all the time: be yourself. Don't try to be someone else because you gotta you gotta actually. If if you're faking it, you're not gonna. If, what's it? If you fake it. If, Fake this, it, you won't make it. Well, this is the time when you don't fake it until you make it. Because you have to concentrate 100% on what's going on. If you're uncomfortable, like I said, you know me, I don't wear suits. I don't like, if I'm sitting here in a suit and tie and everything, I'd be just in my tie the whole time. You'd, March, you're going to be wearing a suit for that wedding we're going to. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's another episode, another two or three episodes. We should wedding. do a live at their wedding. So for those of you who don't know, Nick and Mark, two of our greatest supporters and, and good friends, their impending nuptials are coming in March, um, which we've told them don't do. 
but they don't listen to <laughs> us. Ruin it. Yeah, just don't do it. But they're they're they've been kind enough to invite us. Those are people who we've had on our show. They are guests, and we've become into their lives enough for them to invite us to their wedding. Could you imagine doing a podcast and then inviting the two idiots from the podcast to your own, to your own wedding? That's how close they become family to us. Yeah. We say it all the time. You know, we tell the guests when they're leaving here, you're now part of our family. Mm. You know, we'll do almost anything for you. Well, you know, that's what I said almost. Those two, they, they'll all. ask for a little, they'll go a little <clears throat> overboard and ask for something I cannot give them, especially Nick. We, we've been invited to fashion shows. Mm-hmm. We've been invited to book signings. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're, we're good friends with Charlie Cifarelli, you know, which started, started New York Pitbull. Who is going to come back in soon. Yeah. Just to, the, the friends we have made. It's great. You know, but we're, we're talking about down in Florida, that one dinner picture we have. Oh, yeah. The, what, the one where there's like 50 or 60 years of prison time in between them. <laughs> And here we are, two cops. <laughs> two cops. <laughs> like, what the fuck are we doing here? That was a crazy. That was a, that was that was so much fun. But that from that moment on, everything changed. Yeah, it really did change for us. We just started doing this gradual incline to the point. You know, five months afterwards, we get on camera, and then you know, for a year and a half later, season four, we're fully on camera. We're we're rocking and rolling. Do Do you think that Florida trip launched us? Do you think it showed you what we could possibly be? Because Tommy's shows had a lot of listens back in the day. Whether it it was yeah, it was um, it was eye opening. It was an education because what each studio we went into, I looked around and I said, okay, they got a camera set up here. They got a camera set up here. It was it was um, I, I we were auditing a class in college, in yeah. my opinion. Okay, this is how they format it. This is how they speak. These where the lights go. These are, you know, and I was thinking about this stuff because you and I had talked about going on camera and I just didn't know how to do it. But just like when when the podcast was first started, we had to learn. We had to learn. For us, it was the easiest thing because, again, no chance meetings. We meet Andrew and it was the right place, right time. We were ready to go. But they, I mean, they were on camera back then. MSCS had cameras. They had the producer. Remember the guy sitting in the corner? Glenn was, Prada. <clears throat> he was going to be like the president of Ecuador. Or something yeah, like that. it's El Salvador <clears throat> or something like that. Uh, Matt Cox. He had mm. he had the producer there and on camera and all that. And that's when you get a feel for. We could probably do this. Yeah, and that's that's I think the launching part. So three years of doing this show, three full years of listening to some heavy duty shit. So, Mike, what's the suffering podcast taught you? Never quit. Resiliency. You know, we, we've we've talked to a lot of people who've gone through things way worse than us. You know, and you think when when you're in your, your depths of your suffering, you think that there's there's no light. There's out there there's people out there that are suffering a hell of a lot more than you. I, I learned that I'm an idiot for feeling the way I do sometimes because people have it a lot worse than us. Yeah, they do. But and again, what has it taught you? To listen. I've always wanted to say it. We're coming to the end of this. And I ask all the guests the same thing at the end. What? <laughs> you can't even do it with a straight face. What is your suffering taught you? It has taught me to listen. And it has taught me to allow the person sitting across from me to be heard. And I think that's a good place to leave it. And compassion. A lot of compassion. A lot of compassion. Yep. 
And that's going to do it for this episode of The Suffering Podcast, The Suffering of The Suffering Podcast. And let's think about all we, what we learned, but it's going to be a little bit different today. I am going to read something by a young lady named Brianna Vigil. It's called Beauty and Darkness. I am a healer. For people like me, helping others heals myself. Even if in that moment, in time, I cannot find a way to be okay. Knowing that I have a hand in helping somebody get through it. I am a healer. I am a giver. So naturally, these are things that give me peace. Even if I find myself in pieces at that time. And that's going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to go to popple.com, get your digital business card, put in the code TSP20 for a 20% discount. Follow us on all social media. Follow Mike at Mike underscore Felace. Follow me at Real Kevin Donaldson. And of course, follow the Suffering Podcast. Fans only. And fans only. Yes, of course. Go, go to our fans only page. And we'll see you on the next episode.